Margarita's downfall spiral went from drinking to smoking crack cocaine to stealing to support her addiction. Indeed, she lost everything, including her home and her family's small plot of land. Soon, she found herself in the largest women's prison in Brazil. The prison is in Santana, in the city of San Paulo. There, Margarita found salvation, you might say, in dirt. Santana, a sprawling facility with over, over 2,500 inmates, has its own organic garden. The garden was devised, planned by two students, a Brazilian and an American, as part of an urban agricultural development course that the two were taking in college. The project was built on the idea that women prisoners needed a beautiful place of respite from the ugly walls of the prison. So the students began planning with 200 starter plants from the university and from donations from their own families and friends in the United States, the two students approached the prison staff for the permissions needed to begin a garden. At first, the prison staff was reluctant to approve the garden, having seen too many well-intentioned projects get started only to end abruptly when the organizers somehow lost interest or ran out of time or money. They weren't all that interested to hear, but the students convinced the staff that they were committed to making a go of the garden. Some 20 prisoners and college classmates, which they recruited, took part in the watering, planting, and the caring of the seedlings. The first season, they harvest zucchini, tomatoes, sweet potatoes, lemongrass, and some other herbs, as well as flowers and some shrubs as well. The garden was not just a source of food, but it was a hands-on learning experience about the environment, and it proved to be a learning environment in other ways as well. Working on the earth has been therapeutic for many of the inmates who suffer from health, especially mental health issues. The garden also teaches social and communication skills to the women, many of whom are illiterate. For Margarita, the garden has become a godsend. She says, and I quote, the garden was a clinic for me. Drugs, drugs were destroying my life. I believe that I will leave this place changed. I have faith in God, faith in my own willingness to change. 
I found that story in that publication that probably, like myself, many of you of a certain age probably remember when Marinol Magazine used to come to many peoples in the mail. That was in their issue, the May-June issue of 2015, which I had taken from their publication and put into my file for a latter date. See, the prison garden at Santa Ana, I think, is the story of the gospel fig tree. See, both the prison garden and the struggling fig tree mirror, I believe, the hope of the gospel of Jesus. That you and I can always rework our plot of land. That you and I are always given the opportunities, if we're willing to take them when offered, to replant relationships that haven't been nurtured well or right. We have the ability to plant new seedlings where previous attempts to harvest something good might have simply, by our efforts or their lack of, died on the vine. See, like the gardener of the poor fig tree, you and I have been given the ability, the choice to work the soil and to feed our ability to grow and to move beyond ourselves and our hope for a just and a compassionate world. Or we can simply allow ourselves to be cut down or to be the ones, in fact, who cut down others in sadness, disappointment, and despair. See, for me, the parable of the fig tree, Jesus assures you and assures me that we can always live in the hope and in the mercy of God, enabling us to rise from the ashes of our own sinfulness, to begin to rebuild and to transform our lives, to work, you might say, and to rework our own small plots of land, realizing the harvest of compassion and grace. See, it's so easy for us simply to want to cut something out, to want to cut someone down. Cut it off, cut it down, push it away, ignore it, don't speak to it anymore. It's useless to us. I want nothing to do with that person again. Oh, and we might not take the axe to the root of the relationship, but we cut it out of our lives. And even in faith, God doesn't listen to my prayers. Why do I even bother to pray? If God's so good, why is there so much evil and hatred in our world? I don't know why I even still believe or why I still have hope. See, in our quest for oftentimes for things to happen quickly and immediately in our world of gratification, immediate gratification, 
so easy to just want to cut it out, cut it down, push it off. But God is the one who is always giving us time to change, to become, to become the people that God has envisioned us to be. I've always called this Sunday of year C when this gospel of Luke leads us through. I always think of Luke in the Lenten season as our retreat master for this Lenten season. His gospel is the gospel of second chances. God gives us yet another chance to help us along the way. And like the gardener in the gospel that we heard of, I always think that God places those people on our paths who garden us with kindness and care and love. It's those people in our life who just text us for no other reason just to let us know that they're thinking about us and they love us. It's the family that in the midst of so much challenge and confusion and difficulty and suffering, they make sure that two priests have dinner every Friday night through Lent, delivered to the front door. It's the family who stands by the child when everyone else says, give it up. It's useless. You're never going to change them. Walk away. And it's the mom who says, I'll never walk away. I'll care. And I'll do everything in my power to help. The gardener is God in our lives. The one who I think is always placing people on our path to help us along the way. But again, we're so quick to react, not to respond, but to react. Some of you have heard me use that expression all the time. Life oftentimes causes us to react to the things around us, but God calls us to respond to the things that surround us. To pause, to think, to, our to allow ourselves to take into our hearts and our lives and our minds all that's happening around us. Cut it down is that which we do in reaction. Let's give it a second chance as a response that Jesus teaches in the gospel. So today, did you come here with a hope or a prayer thinking, I'm giving it up. You don't listen, God. You don't hear me when I pray. It doesn't matter anymore. Tonight I say, don't give up. There's a person that you've been just tuning out. 
You just don't want to listen to. You don't want to hear what they have to say. Tonight, the Lord Jesus says, give it a second chance. Open your mind. Open your heart. Whatever you came here ready to cut out, to cut down, to push away, to silence. As I've said to you in the past, put it in your hands today. And when you come to this table, give it to the Lord Jesus. And receive the Lord Jesus in return. Because you, like me, left to ourselves, we'll cut it down, we'll push it away, we'll shut it out. But with the help of the one who opened his arms for you, for me, I can try again. I can open my heart one more time. I can fall on my knees and pray again. For our God is the God of second chances.